My friend, today's podcast episode is so good. Let me know if you like podcast episodes like this where it's really two people talking, conversing, there's tips, there's golden nuggets in there, but you're also finding out about each person. I am on the podcast today with Grace, and Grace is a macro coach. I started following Grace when it was, I think I said spring of 2020, doing a fitness challenge together. And her account, she's just been so consistent with her motivation. And then when she started sharing about accepting weight gain, tracking food and macros, I I just still love her content. And I have been tracking macros for a solid amount of time now. If you guys want a podcast episode on that, let me know. But Grace and I talk about a lot of things, talking about working out with being a mom, relationship with food. It is so good. So make sure you guys go follow Grace on Instagram. She has great, valuable posts. She also is a macro coach that does coaching and group coaching um, macro calculations and whatnot, but this, this episode is so good and I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Feminine Fitness, a podcast for women that want to make simple shifts in their fitness and nutrition that make a big difference. I'm your host, Joelle, and I've been a health and fitness coach for over a decade. I teach women how to look and feel vibrant every day with workouts, food, and mindset changes that support feminine hormone cycles. Each episode, I will give simple tips that are easy to implement that align your goals with cycle syncing. If you feel like achieving your health and fitness goals is always a fight against your body, I want to help you stop the struggle and work with your body. I'm so glad you're here and welcome to today's episode. Okay, so I know where I would like to start in um, getting to know you better, Grace, is wonder. I've always wondered, like, have you always been into fitness? Because I've followed you, followed you for over a year now, kind of when I was starting last year's summer tighter together. And I've always just like you follow somebody on Instagram and you're wondering, like, have they always been into fitness? Is this something new that happens? So why don't you explain part of that? Like, have you always been into fitness? Definitely not always. Um, It's been a huge um, integral, 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 I'm not sure Mm -hmm. how you say it, uh, part of my life for the last seven years, for sure. Um, That's when I gained my consistency with it. And it's been a solid part of my day to day life routine ever since. But before that, no, it was very on and off. very sporadic, I would say mostly just like cardio based or videos running just like random, no strategy behind it. Right. So that was after you became a mom is kind of when fitness started for you. Yeah. Um, so my second son is, or yeah, my youngest is seven. And so, um, he's, it was right after him where things really clicked. I tried after having my first baby, you know, like when you're a new mom and you're like, Oh, lose the baby weight. I got to lose the baby weight. It's such a huge, uh, topic and issue in like the forefront of our minds. And I definitely tried, but it was, I was sporadic at best after my first. So it took, took a few years of trial and error. Right. So go, that's, that's another thing too. I feel like so many ladies struggle with is like, 
just doing workouts and activity is great. The ladies, you guys know, I really am all about all types of fitness and being well-rounded, right? But explain what that difference was and what it was like going from like kind of working out with these things that didn't really have a plan or purpose to what you are doing now and how you think that has really like changed the game for you. Yeah. So, and I, and I am on the same page as you, like, I totally agree. As long as you're moving and what you're doing is something you're able to, to stick to consistently and you enjoy it and it works for your life. That's what you should be doing, especially if you're new mm-hmm. um, and you're yeah. just trying to be consistent. Like it really helps if you're enjoying what you're doing. And for some people that's cardio. And for some people it's yoga or, you know, the classes or the F45s or whatever. Um, and for me at the beginning, you know, I didn't enjoy any of it. I was just laser focused. Like I want to be skinny. Like that's what it was. I just, I want to know what it's like to actually like say, I'm going to lose weight and lose the weight. And for me, that was all calorie burn, calorie burn, calorie burn. So it was all cardio, um, especially when I was newer, just focusing on, can I burn 400 calories in this hour? Like how fast can I run, do this video, walk after, cause I don't think my cardio burns high enough, getting my 10,000 steps, just constantly moving. Um, which in some ways was good because it did establish, you know, a, a routine for me at a point. I do think, you know, daily movement and getting your steps in is, is important. Um, so in some ways it was good, but it took me a while to kind of shift more towards the, uh, building muscle mentality. Um, and that's really what I've been doing. I would say consistently for the last three years before that I was very much like doing all the videos, the beach body videos, insanity, um, 21 day fix, uh, anything I could get my hands on. I did Kayla. It's seen as the, the BBG, I think. Oh yeah. 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 I did all kinds of random. I mean, I, I bought it all. I did it all. I spent a good year just doing the cardio classes at the gym. And then if I didn't like my calorie burn at the end, I would go do sprints after. So, um, you know, and I still enjoy cardio. I still do it very frequently. Um, but making that shift to weightlifting really changed the way I approached fitness in that, like, I now realize that you don't have to burn all the calories all the time to see results and to reap the benefits. And in fact, the benefits are actually quite higher um, when you lower the intensity a little bit and focus on getting strong. Um, I was so uneducated on what having muscle on your frame did for your metabolic rate and what it did for your overall health, not just the physical side of things. But yeah, it was an interesting shift for sure. And one that I'm grateful I made. Right. And I think the biggest thing when I made that switch from being all about cardio, like running half marathons, teaching kickboxing classes to when I first fell in love with strength training was it did. It took the focus off of size or number or weight loss. And when you could start measuring like, oh, my gosh, I can do a push a push up on my toes. Oh, my gosh, I can overhead press this much and i know with the program that you follow now with madeline's program and with strength training in general like changing your focus from what your body is going to look like and those like aesthetic well they're not even aesthetic because the number on the scale we're going to get to that topic in a little bit but strength training just kind of opens your eyes to like 
okay, fitness means way more than just getting into a smaller size. Yes, definitely. It, it gives you this weird sense of confidence that like, I don't really know how to describe because all you can say is like, it feels so cool to lift like 20 pound dumbbells when a year ago I was, you know, picking up tens for this move. And it, it does feel really cool to feel strong. Um, and it instills this, I, yeah, this confidence and excitement in me for sure. I can't speak for everyone, um, that I had an experience and I, I still love, you know, cardio and going on runs and I love beating my mile times too, but I really love the healthy blend of both because I don't really burn out on either one and they both can benefit the other. You know, I reap the benefits both ways. There's something about cardiovascular and getting your heart rate up and that helping you recover between your sets when you're working out. And when you're stronger in your legs and your glutes and everything, you can, you have more power, you can run faster. So they can really complement each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell us kind of what your daily routine is, because I know you're a mom, you've got kids at home from school in the summertime, they're in activities like how, and even prior before your business became your full-time thing, how did you make it fit into like being a mom? Because when you're a mom, you can't wait for the circumstance to happen. You have to fit it into your mom life. So talk about what your daily routine kind of looks like now. Okay. So I guess, you know, it's so true. It is hard to make everything fit. And I've been through so many different you know, seasons. My husband is, he works full time and then he's also in the Air National Guard. So, and he used to be active duty. So we've had lots of extended period of, periods of time where he's been not here. I would say, you know, a solid 50% of the time we've been married, we're going on uh, nine years this year. I've been solo parenting. It's, you know, it's hard to make that work sometimes. So I've always worked mostly part-time for that reason, just because it's too hard to spread ourselves thin that way. It's just what's worked best for our family. So there's been times where I've had a lot of flexibility. You know, I had, I had moments where my oldest was in elementary school and my toddler could just go to the gym daycare with me. And it was just like, okay, we wake up, we do school drop-off, we go to the gym, we come home, we have, you know, toddler time for the rest of the day. Um, that season of my life lasted like a year and it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. At the time, I know that season because at the time you're like, oh my gosh, this feels like Groundhog's Day every day. But now you look back and you're like, oh, that did oh work God. out so nicely for me, didn't it? Yeah, I'm like, I had it so good. Like I had no idea how busy, you know, you think you're busy when you have toddlers and you totally are. Like every season of life brings something different. But Man, having two elementary age kids who are like in all the activities and I only have two right now is like, wow, it's the, the level of busyness is just crazy. And I used to say, you know, I had it so good back then. I used to, I would go to like my 9am class and I used to say like, oh my gosh, if I had to get up at 5am to get my workout in, like it would never happen. I wouldn't do it because I'm not a morning person at all, which people would not guess just by watching my Instagram because now life is really busy. And so I pretty much, I don't have to, but I choose to get my workout done before I get them up for school on a typical day during the school year. Because if I don't, if I wait until they leave and I have so much work to do and this and that, it just, things just start to stack up. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know, I used to work out of the house too, and now I work from home, but I have so much to do during the day that it's like, okay, I'm getting it done in the morning. So a typical day, which I know was your original question. <laughs> I'm sorry. I tangented, um, 
I typically wake up between 4.30 and 5. It sort of depends on the day and what my workout looks like and how much time I want, um, et cetera. But I wake up, I stumble into my kitchen, I drink a little bit of pre-workout, I go downstairs, I walk on the treadmill. Do you treadmill. eat anything before your workouts? I do not. I just don't prefer it. I cannot stomach anything that early in the morning. I do eat after, um, but I'm never hungry and it's just, it's what's worked for me. But if I have to wait until like 11 o'clock or something, if I have a, like a later workout for whatever reason, which rarely comes up, I will eat. Like I'll eat a smaller breakfast, but I just prefer to not feel anything too heavy in my stomach. So if I know it's going to be later, I will eat something small. Yeah. Um, just like, you know, toast with some turkey on it or like egg eggs and stuff like that. So um so yeah so I'll go downstairs we have a home gym which is lovely that wasn't always the case but we've slowly over the years kind of built a hodgepodge of random equipment that's worked for us um in our basement that really turned a corner with COVID we definitely leaned more into that after 2020 but we I go downstairs I'll walk on the treadmill for like 10-15 minutes check emails like things like that answer dms and then I hop into my workout I follow um I'm gonna plug her I follow Madeline moves right now uh weekly moves workouts app I think it's the moves app but I follow the weekly moves workouts um I've been doing that for gosh three years now and I just I love it it's nice to have something mindless to just pull my phone up and go yeah, yeah. um so I'll spend an hour working out and then I always like it's like a daily thing that I post some of my workout clips and my stories that's a very um routine part of my Instagram so I'll get back on the treadmill while I'm cooling down and post those real quick and then it's upstairs by that time it's almost seven o'clock so I'll make the kids breakfast wake them up get them out the door by you know 8 30 and then I sit down to work most days um or you know there's always some sort of errands or activity appointment um it's amazing how much I think my kids are in school until I have to go pick them up from school for like yet another appointment or a thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sicknesses, like, oh my gosh. There's oh <laughs> yeah. It's always something or my husband, you know, needs me to run X, Y, and Z errands. And I have a lot of random work errands. I do, you know, giveaways and things like that. So it's like post office things and all that kind of stuff. So um, stay pretty busy. And then they're home by three. The day goes by like that. Once I do client check-ins and things like that. And then my son is full-time in club baseball. So that keeps us real busy. Um, my other son is dabbling into golf and baseball and maybe jujitsu and all these other things. So we just roll with the punches. There's very few days. We don't have something after school during the summer. It's pretty much the same schedule, except where they go to camps and things like that. Yeah. What so, I love about that is like, it's, it's so funny because I think many people get like a misconception of you know, people who prioritize health and fitness that it runs their life, right? Yep. Whereas you're like, you just explained your daily routine of how you know you want to get it in because you not, like see how it's a positive in your life. I think that's a huge thing too, when people have the mindset of like, oh, I have to work out because I ate bad or I have to work out because I need my body to change. Whereas like, I feel you and I have this perspective of, if I don't work out, I'm going to be lower energy. If I don't get my workout in, I'm going to be more impatient. If I don't get my workout in, I'm not going to feel that great because I know I'm going to be I on the days I work out, I feel better, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get on with the rest of your day as a normal 
person that has a career and a family and a household like it's it's can be so easily implemented into people's lives but they think that it has to overconsume their lives yes or they think it has to be like you know a full hour you know 30 minutes it's fine if you just want to get up even if you just want to get up before your kids which doing that in and of itself really changed my life. Just choosing to wake up before my kids wake me up. So I don't wake up behind the eight ball and feel feeling anxious. And like, I'm already, you know, have a million things to do, whether I move or not is super. Um, that's always been important to me. I try to do that whenever I can, but even if you're just waking up and going for a 20 minute walk, so you feel like you had time to center yourself, you know, endorphins are a real thing. Like that is like, that is science. Like they will make you feel good. And you don't have to do a lot to release those endorphins. You can just go walk, especially if you go outside, you are going to feel better than if you stayed asleep. You just are. And that's the one thing that I've really, um, learned as I, I ask, or I get asked a lot about tips for waking up early. And you know what I've, what I've decided is that I never want to get up. It doesn't matter if it's 10 AM or 6 AM I will, I love to sleep. Like I love to sleep in. I've always been that kind of person. Um, but I'm never ready. So if that, if that 20 minutes, extra 20 minutes, isn't going to make a difference in how tired I feel like I may as well get up and like put some momentum behind my day. Because when you are that busy and you do have all these things to do to walk away from like uninterrupted me time, clear your head time, release some endorphins time, and know like, okay, I've already conquered that. Now let's do this, this, and this. Momentum is a real thing that Murphy's law, body emotion stays in motion kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I really cherish that part of my day because it sets the tone for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I also think, sorry. <laughs> I also think, um, you know, doing it whenever you can is important. So it's like, it's not like my workout is so much better than yours. Cause yours happened at 2 PM at nap time. And mine happened at 5 AM. I had oh, my, that's season. so good. Yeah. yeah. I had my season where I did 2 PM nap time workouts when I had a toddler and a baby, um, or, you know, putting them in the bouncer and not doing it until, you know, everyone's woke up and had their bottle and had their things and they need more. Um, so making it fit in where you can and meeting yourself where you are, to your point where you said, you know, it can really consume your life. It can also be that you're just trying to make your life look like what you think it's supposed to look like. Cause someone else on Instagram is doing that. But what, what would it look like for you to just fit it into your day? However, that looks and letting that be good enough yeah. is really important. So I think people overcomplicate it. Absolutely. That's such a good point of like hearing that. And if you're in a season of life where you are waking up with babies and your baby actually sleeps from five to seven, like sleep with the baby from five to seven. I made that mistake. I was like, I have to wake up early because I thought that the, like that's when you got the most efficient workout time. But then when I started doing exactly what you said of maybe it, that workout happened during the first nap time or when, you know, after the baby had the bottle and they have that content time in the morning and really making it work for your schedule i love that you like hit home on that point for so many ladies listening because they're in different seasons and i actually do have you know i've had this podcast for over two years now and my most downloaded episode <laughs> is how to wake up early yeah like it's it, and it blows my mind because it literally has double the amount of downloads 
Yeah. So that's my number one. And it has doubled the amount of downloads as the second one does. It's, it's yeah. wild how hard people really want to overcomplicate the process of waking up early when really it can be so simple as just having a straight up conversation with yourself. I give some great tips in that episode, but just like you said, where you just were like, whether it's 10 in the morning or seven or four, I'm not going to want to get up. And so I just accept like, I'm not going to be like Snow White coming out of the bed and like birds chirping and singing as I'm like gloriously bouncing to my closet to get dressed, right? Yeah, my husband will tell you that's definitely not what <laughs> around here ever. Like, and he, it, he doesn't like getting up either, but he'll get up and we sometimes we'll be up at the same time and he's much more chatty. Like he will try to talk to me in the mornings and I'm like, that's, an, we don't, like you're new, I guess, because we don't do that. Like, I don't know. I love you, but after yeah. my workout, we can chat. But for now, mm -mm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I I love that. So like, when was when was the point like that came across to you where you were like, okay, I'm in my rhythm of fitness, but nutrition and macros really started to shift things for you. I guess I haven't even heard your story on that really where like how you got into macro counting and how that really like I mean obviously it's been successful for you and many others now that you've been coaching through macro coaching but like when was it that point where it's like oh it's not just about working out anymore you know it's so hard I always struggle when people are like okay tell me how you got started with nutrition because it's like okay do you want the do you want the date that I remember the first time I was ever like aware of my body and the idea of like dieting because I was probably like nine, which Never is so is. sad, you know? And, you know, I definitely grew up in a house where like my mom was very health and body conscious. And so I always was, and she was always very small and fit. And there, I mean, there was definitely times in high school where I was like, whoa, my mom is smaller than me. Like, that's not good. And, um, or like, I thought it was not good. I looked fine. Um, so, you know, but I always just never gave it, I always ate whatever I wanted. I was a junk food. Like I, I still love junk food, but I lived off of it, you know, as a teenager, for sure. I worked at McDonald's. You got a free meal for every shift. I ate McDonald's every day for like two years straight. Dude, so funny you say this because I would go and I'd be at like school and then I go to volleyball and then I was like a runner on the side. Why was I going to the gym after volleyball practice who knows but then I would go get a whopper and fries. Yeah. Yeah. well at least I wasn't even exercising I mean by senior year I, I had played tennis the first couple of years of high school but by senior year I was just like I have a car I have friends I have a boyfriend I'm working like I'm busy like I did whatever I wanted but I would drive to school and get like a soda and a pop-tart for breakfast on the way from the gas station I would go to work and eat McDonald's for dinner every single night I mean, I really did. And my whole house, like we had, I'm one of five. So we had a lot of food in the house all the time. And it was almost like, um, it was almost like the hunger games with food. Cause there was so much, of, there were so many of us that, and I had three brothers and they would steal all the good food. So I would like regularly just like grab stuff and put it in my room. Like, you know, the hostess things and the famous. Oh famous my gosh. That's funny. Oreos. So I like, to me, food was always like something to look forward to. Like I was never really that interested in school. And like, I just like, it was like my something to look forward to. And I guess that like established kind of a hard relationship 
for me to begin with, because, you know, once I started being aware of like my body and like, especially after high school, you know, that, that freshman 15 that people talk about, like, I definitely started to really put on extra weight after high school and actually becoming aware of it and realizing that I had no idea how to not do it. Like all I knew was junk food. Mm -hmm. Um, that's really all I ever ate. And so I would try here and there, like give up soda for a week or whatever, like have a food diary or whatever. And it just never stuck. So once I had, you know, I gave birth to my first son and I became a mom at a really young age. I always say, you know, it's a beautiful story and it's a happy story, but it definitely wasn't the most conventional um, circumstances. And it was a very, I was young. It was just a very tumultuous, tumultuous time in my life. Um, and it was stressful and I had postpartum depression. So I just remember after having him, you know, not recognizing any part of my life, including my body and just having a really hard time. So I would have periods of time where I would get more serious, but all I knew back then was like eat 1200 calories, you know, mm -hmm. um, eat 1200 calories and run and whatever. And then, um, I was successful here and there. Like I lost like, I don't know, 10 pounds here or there and maybe put it back on and and then we, my husband and I, we got married and he was in the military and we got stationed away. Um, we moved to our first duty station in Utah. And at that point, you know, all of our family and friends were in Missouri. We were here and all of a sudden we were in this new place. I knew nobody, I had no help, no support. And we had a toddler at home. And so again, like food was my friend, like food was what I kind of looked forward to. And, um, kind of put some weight back on. Then we decided to have another baby, got pregnant. Um, and then after we had our second baby, Weston, um, shortly after he was born, we found out Dan was going to be deploying for like a year. And I just remember being like, no more. Like I cannot do this. Um, I cannot live this way. I cannot hate the way I'm showing up in my life in all ways. I just, I have no energy. I feel lethargic. Nothing fits right. I'm insecure. I'm so wrapped up in my own crap and how bad I feel all the time that it's hard for me to be present. And how am I going to do this? So that's when I really started getting serious about nutrition and consistent workouts. So when I say seven years, it's really been seven years for workouts and nutrition. And I started with just like 21 day fix containers. That's what I started with because it was 2015 and it was a brand new thing at that. Like it had just yeah. come out oh, yeah. all the rage, just what everybody was doing. And I didn't know where to start. So that's where I, I'm like, okay, this is what I know. And I've learned a lot about macros and eating enough since then. And looking back, I'm like, okay, that probably wasn't enough food, but it did establish some really good habits for me in the fact that like, I had never eaten that much protein in my life. I had never incorporated vegetables in every meal that much in my life. So it was a really good, um, I don't want to like a baseline or like launch pad for me to learn more. So after a while I did that. And then I got into just finding Instagram accounts that were sharing about nutrition and stuff. And I found biceps after babies, Amber. Oh yeah. I've had Amber on the pod. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's the best. And, um, I found her and that's where I started learning about macros. And I was like, okay, like I kind of knew about my fitness pal and tracking, um, but I'd always been so calorie focused. So between learning about macros and kind of what I had established with those food containers, um, I started to learn more about the quality of the foods that the, that were taking up your calories. And it, and I just kind of ran with it. Um, and it took a few years before I like had the audacity to start actually sharing about it on Instagram. Like it was like my own secret life for a long time. But once I did, it just kind of blew up and 
we're now we're here. So yeah, yeah. And I yeah, absolutely love Amber as well. And with macros and really what you're seeing with your clients is how is this really helping and not hindering more of like the diet mentality? Oh, so there's so many ways. Um, I, I mean, think I can think of one off the top of my head, even with the referencing of the container system, it's like you, you could, couldn't have. And as if you guys start following grace, you will find out like, oh, diet Co like Coke zero would have been out for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it kind of like, I guess yeah. that's kind of my thoughts is how would you explain it to somebody where if you were to explain like macro situation, be like, but this isn't like another, like, cause there's such thing as dieting macro counting, but how do you feel this is more lifestyle in your approach? Oh, so many ways. And like going off what you said with those containers, like I just remember having the list of foods that were allowed to go in the containers. And then there was like this side list that was like, if you really want a waffle for your carb, you can have like one, but it's not recommended. And it was like, whoa. So now it's like, okay, you can, you can't, it's knowing that you can have whatever you want technically, but you know, how much of that, how much it takes up out of your day or how it makes you feel afterwards and all of that stuff is, also important to emphasize. So we're not just going off of, you should eat this to lose weight and you should say no to outings and no to date nights and freak out over vacations or go all or nothing on vacation, like do whatever you want and come home and restrict. It's really about, okay, can we put you in a sustainable, reasonable calorie deficit? And by reasonable, I mean, for most people, my clients sit between like, there's very few below 1650 calories. Some are in deficits up to 1900, just depending on the person. Um, so can we do like a, a sustainable deficit? Can we make sure you're getting enough protein to, you know, support some fat loss and some, you know, raising your BMR or your metabolic rate in general. And then also, you know, making sure that you have enough fats to support your hormones, even while going in a deficit and to also feel satiated because fats are going to be key to walking away from a meal, feeling satisfied. Um, you know, I think at the beginning of macro counting, it was all low, low, low fat, high protein, like low fats. I definitely ventured to a point where I was eating like 30 grams of fat max a day and tanked my hormones. And that's not sustainable. Mm. Um, and it's not safe. So, you know, we always make sure there's enough of everything. Are we, are, is your macro ratio enough carbs to where you're going to have energy for your workouts? And yeah, when you're, when you're dieting and trying to lose weight, there's a certain level of hunger, like saying like, okay, I definitely could go for more. Like that's going to happen, but is there enough room that you can fit real life in here? Can you have dessert at the end of the day? Can you fit in a date night on Friday? You know, we'll look at a menu. We'll see like what fits best versus what do you want? And it's all about, I always say it's all about being selective, but not restrictive. Oh, so, yeah. you know, you can, ha you can have whatever you want, but also checking with yourself and saying, do you actually want this? Or has it just been off limits for so long that you're putting certain things on a pedestal? Um, so we get really introspective about why, why you have attachments to certain foods or why you have demonized certain foods. Um, and I definitely encourage people like, you know, I've had clients be like, oh, like, I just, I feel 
like I was so good, but then I had Doritos with my lunch and it's like, okay, but like, did they, did they fit? You can have Doritos, you could have Doritos every day. Like maybe you should start having Doritos every day. So, you know, it's not a big deal. Um, but you know, it's about make, yeah, you're making it fit within your calorie limit, but there's a freedom to that, to realizing like, I can, I can have what I want, but once I start logging these, maybe maybe less nutrient dense foods. Like I always say, there's no good or bad foods, but there's nutrient dense foods and there's nutrient void foods, you know? And there's that, that is an obvious thing. Like that is just facts. But those ones that aren't so nutrient dense, like they take up a little more space in your day. You have to sacrifice, you know, a few calories, carbs, fats, whatever, but they can fit. So trying to play that game with yourself of like, okay, like, what's actually worth it to me at the end of the day? And what are my non-negotiables? Like your coffee creamer or whatever it is, like you can do that. So mm-hmm. I think that's been really freeing for people to realize like, oh, I can have a cookie after dinner. Even for me, I mean, I've been in health and fitness for over a decade now. And I restarted like re-logging to make sure I was eating enough protein, which you t- touched on. It's like, am I getting enough? Yeah. And then I grabbed like five Tootsie Rolls out of my kids' parade bag. And I was kind of like, ugh. Now I have to log this. Uh, I should just like, and my habit is to not like then just stop logging the rest of the day. And I added in those five Tootsie Rolls and I was like, wow, I still have a lot of carbs left. Like not that didn't, I didn't then go gourd, like eat more Tootsie Rolls. I was then like, huh. So all these times where if I've had something small and then I'm like, blew it, forget the rest of the day. I've really just been setting up a self-sabotage cycle. Yes. I think that's so, um, it's so funny to watch people kind of go from that mindset. Like if I didn't log it, it didn't happen (laughs) Um, or logging everything that they're proud of and not logging what they're afraid of. Mm -hmm. Um, and so digging into why you're afraid and logging it anyway. And really, I really emphasize with my clients, like this is, it's just data. Like, even if you know, you went way over your macros, like track what you can estimate what you can. Let's get the data. How did your body respond to that? Maybe like that piece of bread you had at dinner was way less than you think it was, or maybe it was way more, but you're not going to know until you start practicing and educating yourself. And that's not to say you have to track everything you eat for the rest of your life, but it is a really good, um, I think it's a really good opportunity to teach yourself about the facts about food and macronutrients, because whether you track them or not, you are eating macros every day. Those are the components that make your food up. So do you want to have a little more education about the, not just the quality of your food, but how it impacts your energy, your weight, your sleep, like all these things and your body composition. Like who knew that just adding a little more protein to your life could really change whether you're losing muscle or fat and you know, changing the way that your body can transform if you're in that calorie deficit. Yeah. And ladies, we're wrapping up here, but I just want you guys to first off, go follow Grace on her Instagram. She does offer various types of coaching group setting and, you know, however she comes up with coaching um, packages in the future, keep up to date on your Instagram. Is that where you prefer everybody to come connect with you? Yep. That's the only place I am. I'm not a TikToker or anything like that. So I'm too well, it's, old. it's so awesome. And you are, you've got a lot of other great messages that you talk about that we didn't get even get to touch on today about how, you know, going with 
like like weight gain isn't a bad thing and you break down things and give so much value on your gram like don't worry about being other places because it's such an inspirational place to um to see every morning even myself it's like oh yeah grace got her workout in i got mine in like there's this camaraderie even though like we don't have that um like i'm not meeting you at the gym you know what i'm saying so thanks so much for coming on today yeah thank you for having me Sorry if I rambled. No, this is all good. We love that kind of stuff here.